We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022, presented by Odyssey and Locked On Podcast Network. The New York Jets will win an AFC East game for the first time since Week 17, 2019 this year. <laughs> I think three is the floor for the New England Patriots. You can't name a quarterback that you've enjoyed watching since Dan Marino. <laughs> it's time for another episode of the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022, presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This eight-episode series is taking you division by division to break down and answer all of your burning questions ahead of the NFL season. And we're doing so with the help of our local locked on experts who know your favorite teams like the backs of their hands because they cover them every single Monday through Friday. We're also going to be joined by Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets to help you set the edge and take home some cash this NFL season. And Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show, the former NFL scout, is giving you his division predictions for each division across the NFL. And I am your host, Ross Jackson, the daily host of the Locked On Saints. Podcast, but over the course of this special, I'll be taking you division by division to answer all of your burning questions. And today it's the AFC East, another extremely competitive AFC division, this time led by the Buffalo Bills, who, of course, are looking to not only reassert their dominance amongst the division, but potentially lead themselves to the promised land with Josh Allen leading the way. But the Miami Dolphins are massively improved under new head coach Mike McDaniel, and you can never count out Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. Meanwhile, the New York Jets are here to simply redefine what their franchise is, looks like, and what progression can be in terms of success. To get started with the AFC East, let's get to the make or break stories for each of these four teams here in the 2022 NFL season. Make or break. As we continue on with the Ultimate Pro Football 2022 preview, we now get to one of the most, I'll say, interesting divisions, especially over in the AFC. A lot of my AFC teams personally are in this division. We're, of course, talking about that AFC East. And helping me break it all down, we've got Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, Mike DeBate of Locked On Patriots, John Butchko of Locked on Jets and of course Joe Marino of the reigning champion locked Bills and Joe we'll start with you here as the AFC East division winner in 2021 what's the make or break story for these Buffalo Bills in 2022 Ross what I think it comes down to is meeting expectations and that's been the talk of the summer can this team meet the expectations and those expectations are winning the Super Bowl these are big expectations and what I think it's important to remind people of is that these aren't new expectations. These were mm. very much the expectations last year. And I think the team should have learned a lot based on the way that season unfolded, where the talent level was obvious. Statistically, they were a phenomenal football team, but they were at times a team that didn't meet the moments. They had a 
big hip kick up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They didn't show up against the Indianapolis Colts. They were uh, pretty lackluster in one score games. And I think what I would say is that the Bills at times last year were an entitled football team where they stepped on the field and expected it to go a certain way. Now, I think they ramped it up later in the season, kind of after that Buccaneers game where they went on their run. Let's not forget they were 7-6 and after that Tampa Bay Buccaneers game last year. They went on a run. They obviously were super competitive in the playoffs, did a lot of good things. But you'd like to think that what they went through last year in terms of not necessarily meeting those expectations sets themselves up well to learn from a lot of last season to maybe change uh, how this season plays out. But I think it really just comes down to – meeting expectations this year and and taking everything that's happened over the last several years. Let's not forget there's been three years in a row where the, they've ended their season in the playoffs twice in overtime. And then, of course, last year, the 13-second uh, the debacle against the Chiefs. And so mm. it's about taking those steps to make sure those, uh, those seasons don't end in disappointment and, and expectations are actually met. I'm going to say there was a season that a lot of people maybe expected to end in disappointment last year, but didn't necessarily go that way. That was with the New England Patriots. With Mac Jones at the helm, this team still finished pretty well in 2021. Mike DeBate locked on Patriots. What's the make-or-break story for those Patriots coming into 2022? Well, Ross, I think you hit the nail right on the head. The make-or-break story for the New England Patriots is going to be making Mac Jones feel comfortable in a new-look offense that the Patriots have been running uh, throughout training camp, throughout the preseason. We've seen them incorporating a greater amount of zone run into their offense. Mm-hmm. And while it's not completely foreign to the Patriots, I think a lot of members of the fan base, maybe some nationally, are thinking this is something completely new and different for the Pats. They've run this before, but what they're doing different now is running it out of the bootleg because Mac Jones has the ability to roll out of the pocket and to make things happen. He did that at Alabama. Problem is, is you need staunch protection on the offensive line to be able to do it. And right now, Patriots offensive line has been in flux. There's been some injury questions, new faces such as Cole Strange, the rookie coming in. Isaiah wins missed time. That's going to be a very difficult thing for Mac to be able to overcome if his offensive line is not giving him the blocking because where he struggled in the past, Ross, is it's been a difficulty where those strategic blitzes from the second, third level of the defenses come and they make Mm. life difficult for the quarterback joe smiling he knows it because the buffalo bills did it as well as anyone last year so in order for the patriots to really make something out of this season they're going to have to shore that up mac is going to have to look comfortable in this offense if he can get the blocking that he needs the decision making is there and so is the poise and the arm strength is a little better this year patriots could be a little better than people are giving them credit for but that's a big if and that's why it's the make or break story Mm. And Mac Jones, of course, not the only Alabama quarterback trying to make it happen in the AFC East. Kyle Krabs locked on Dolphins. What's the make or break story down in Miami this year? Yeah, I think it's becoming a more balanced football team in general. Under Brian Flores, they had a lot of very high rankings on the defensive side of the ball. But the offense, there were only three or four teams who had more games of less than 275 yards of total offense than the Dolphins did last year. They had seven games in which they had 275 yards of offense or less. So as good as you play defense, if you're going to try to keep games close and hold it close to the vest and then try to make the big play late in the game to win the football game, you leave yourself a lot of margin for error. And you saw that throughout the course of the seven game losing streak, the Dolphins won in week one and then lost seven straight and then won seven straight and then went one and one over their final two to finish nine and eight. So again, more consistent, more balanced 
team across the board is kind of the objective. And that was one of the, the reasons why they chose to make some of the big picture changes that they did. Uh, and, and that includes quarterback to Tonga Valoa, who mm -hmm. you mentioned, Ross, where uh, he had a really nice stretch of play after going on IR and missing a month of time and then coming back and being benched because he had an injury to his throwing hand. Once he came back, that next six-game stretch was the best stretch of play we've seen from Tua Tungvaloa. And then the final four weeks of the season, things really shelled up. And that, of course, includes the catastrophic contest against Tennessee that eliminated them from the playoffs in Week 17. So across the board, more consistent. It has to be the, the big thing that changes for the Dolphins, and that includes those early season records. Uh, the Dolphins, I think, won three games under Brian Flores before uh, the end of October across their first three seasons with that regime. So they need to find more wins sooner on the schedule. And of course, new head coach there, Mike McDaniel, who I like to refer to as biracial king, Mike McDaniel, because, you know, we take him when we can get him. I uh, wanted to talk about next, these New York Jets. There might be only one real New York team in the Buffalo Bills, but the Jets, of course, one of the most historied franchises across the NFL. John B., these Jets looking to rebound in 2022. What's the make or break story there? It's Zach Wilson's development. Mm -hmm. I think the Jets have different expectations than the other three teams in the, in the league. Of course, as Joe mentioned, the Bills are trying to win the Super Bowl. The Patriots were in the playoffs last year. We all saw the moves the Miami Dolphins made this offseason. Those teams need to make the playoffs. I don't think success for this season for the Jets is necessarily whether they make the playoffs or not. Now, of course, they would like to make the playoffs, but it's really about building out, uh, getting out of this hole that they've been in as a franchise. It's been 11 years since they made the playoffs. They made a lot of bad moves through the years. It's about development. And the most important player who needs to develop is Zach Wilson. His rookie year, I think it would be generous to say it was uneven. His second game, Mike saw it. Uh, he threw four interceptions against the New England Patriots. He was very mm -hmm. inconsistent through the whole season. Suffered an injury in an October game the Jets played at New England. Came back in the uh, in November, the weekend after Thanksgiving. He returned against Houston. And from that point forward, the one thing you can say for him is that he cut down on the mistakes. He did not throw many interceptions near the end of the year, but his efficiency really did not improve. There were a few flashes last year. There was a game against... The Eagles, where he threw, where he led the Jets to three touchdowns in the first half. There was a game late in the season against Tampa Bay where he looked like a really polished quarterback. And, you know, he was standing in the pocket, he was scanning the defense, but those moments were too far, uh, too far, uh, too few and far in between mm. for Zach Wilson. They need to see more consistency from him this year. The Jets, as a franchise, over the last eleven years, I think since Mark Sanchez's third year, really have put on a clinic in how not to develop a young quarterback they it, it goes from sanchez to geno smith to sam darnold they mm -hmm. have not put the right pieces around these quarterbacks i think they've put decent talent around zach wilson they have a good scheme around him now zach wilson needs to develop he needs to show that he's the franchise quarterback for the jets if he does there could be good things in this team's future if he doesn't then it's going to set the team back once again and it'd be another frustrating situation for the jets yeah, the AFC East, always a very interesting division. Those are your make-or-break stories for the Dolphins, the Patriots, the Jets, and the Bills. Now, let's get to the division predictions. Division predictions. For these division predictions, we always go to our good friend Matt Williamson over at Peacock and Williamson. Guys, he has gone ahead and sort of laid out his 4-1 to one and why for the uh, AFC East. Let's hear what Matt Williamson has to say, and then we'll get your reactions to follow. So the AFC East, 
Let's count these down four to one. I have the Jets at four, Patriots at three, Miami at two, and then Buffalo clearly at one. My, my concerns with the Jets are I really think they're going the right direction. I like their front office, their coaching staff, their, their rebuild. I just think the quarterback situation is too sketchy for me. New England at three scares me because I feel like I'm betting against Bill Belichick, but I don't think that roster is very good, to be very honest with you. Where's the star power? You know, who are the, the top players on that team? And I know Belichick can overcome that stuff, but I think this is a down year for the Patriots. Miami's a hard team for me to kind of get my head around, but I think that they're somewhere between New England and Buffalo, who I think is the best team in the league. Best team in the league for those Buffalo Bills. Jim Marino, what do you think? Well, I, I, I certainly don't find much disagreement with that. I think the Bills <laughs> have proven what they are in, in terms of their staying power as a contender in the National Football League. And really balanced roster, a good coaching staff, a top GM, and a top quarterback. You've got the makeup of, of that type of a team. So um, it, it feels weird to affirm statements like that, but I think the Bills have have proven that over the last several seasons. And you know, we came out of last year wondering, was that the best team Brandon Bean could assemble around Josh Allen? And I think the team is better this year. I think he found a way with very limited resources from draft capital to free agent dollars to really actually put a better team around him. And so I, I would actually agree with Matt on that. Anybody have any staunch disagreements in terms of where that is, or does this just kind of feel like the way that the AFC East might shake out? I think it's, I, I think Matt's kind of on the nose. And, and I think you, especially with the three teams that that John mentioned earlier, kind of had those playoff expectations. Like there's a certain pecking order in head to head matchups with those teams in particular, where like Buffalo owns Miami and Miami has had a lot of success recently against the New England Patriots. And like, if those head to head matchups are going to be the deciding factor in what you consider between maybe not Buffalo and, and New England and Miami, but certainly those two teams in the middle, um, I think recent history and the development of each of the three rosters, like Matt alluded to, I, I think Buffalo is the best roster. I think they have the best talent. Um, and, and I would say that Miami has gotten better uh, versus kind of the uh, roster changes that New England has made, whether that was trading away Shaq Mason on the interior offensive line and kind of betting on uh, different players to step into those shoes. I, I think the trends line up with the way that Matt has this lined up in the AFC East. So Kyle and Joe, it sounds like you guys have sort of the same outlook of the AFC East as what Matt just said, or do you see some movement at all within that sort of four to one count? I think I, that's I Yeah, I do too. I, I, I would stand right there with Matt in terms of how he ranks this division. I'll tell you what gets hard for me though. It is the New England Patriots because mm -hmm. I have great concerns about the roster construction, and I think it's it's years, it's several years now of mismanagement of personnel and draft capital and free agent dollars. And at the same time, the New England Patriots, them going seven and nine in 2020 was really, really impressive. Like they had a bad roster then, and they found a way to get to seven wins. They were in the playoffs last year. And mm -hmm. so while I look at the direction of the team and I'm concerned about the roster. I'm concerned about the coaching staff, right? Like this offensive coaching staff leaves a lot of questions to be answered, but somehow they find a way. And so while I'm really in on what Miami's got going on, I, I mean, defensively, they brought everything back and got better through free agency and the draft. 
And, and you look at offensively bringing in Tyree Kill and the improvements of the offensive line and a, a really nice scheme for Tua to be able to showcase what he is. You know, they got to go out and do it while we've seen this Patriots team overcome a lot since Tom Brady's departed. And so while I do agree with it, I think if I had any hesitation, it's it's I feel like I'm going to be the last person in the world that fully, fully uh, wants to uh, admit that the Patriots are really in a tough spot. So, Mike, debate locked on Patriots. That'll bring us over to you. First of all, do you agree with Matt here? Or do you have a different sort of four to one in terms of how this division shakes out? And do you feel like three is simply the floor for the Patriots and they can end up better, kind of in line with Joe Marino there? I think three is the floor for the New England Patriots. Uh, I uh, hate to agree with Matt in this respect, but uh, I have to uh, because of the reasons that Joe and Kyle have articulated perfectly. The New England Patriots right now, in terms of roster construction, the only umbrage I take with Matt's assessment is he said, where's the star power? I don't necessarily think that's the biggest problem for the New England Patriots. We've seen them win plenty of games before with a roster that's devoid of star power. Right now, what the Patriots lack is experience in that power and experience mm. in their system. And I think that's where they're going to struggle this year. They have a very old roster in terms of numbers, in terms of age, but they're carrying 10 rookies on this team right now, which is a very surprising thing for the New England Patriots. So a lot of younger players that don't have experience in the Bill Belichick you know, system are going to be playing. And a lot of these guys have a lot of promise, but it's going to take a little time to come together. That being said, they're going to need that input from the veterans. And even the veterans are not guys that have a ton of experience. Mac Jones entering only his second year. So those are the concerns that I have. And also the offensive coaching staff growing pains. Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, individually smart football minds. But can they put it together and be able to run a cohesive offensive unit like the one that the Patriots ran under Josh McDaniels? That's a big ask for this team. So while I do think the Patriots may be a little bit better than some of the prognostications of doom that are out there, I think three is probably an accurate spot for them. To me, Bill Belichick is the star power in New England. That's pretty <laughs> much well all said. that you need over there. Um, John Butchko, uh, locked on Jets. I don't mean to leave you in a situation here where we're talking to you as if it's like bottom of the division or basement of the division or anything like that. But I, I want to hear from you. Like, how do you see the way that this division shakes out? And honestly, what do the Jets have to do to maybe upset the sort of conventional ranking that we found here? I think Matt's rankings are pretty accurate. If I had to pick, I'd say. Uh, Along the same lines, I think it Jets four, New England three, Miami two, Buffalo one. But there are different types of last place. And I think mm -hmm. for the Jets this year, it's about progress. And this could be the type of division where last place maybe six and eleven, seven and ten. And I think you could make an argument, depending on how they get there, that could be a successful year for the Jets. Again, it's it's about expectations. You don't want to be two and fourteen like you were in 2020. You don't even want to be four and thirteen like you were a year ago. But if you feel like you're making progress. Yeah, it's a tough division. I mean, Miami's improved. New England's got that star power in Belichick. And as everybody seems to feel, Buffalo's, you know, if not the best team in the league, right there with anybody as far as a Super Bowl contender goes. However, I will make a bold prediction. The New York Jets will win an AFC East game for the first time since week 17, 2019 this year. <laughs> when they beat the Joe, Joe, you may remember this classic game when the Bills sure had the playoff yeah, spot clinched. And played Matt Barkley, played all their backups with the Jets. It was one of the worst games I've ever watched. The Jets beat the Bills week 17, 2019. The Jets will win a division game in 2022. That's my bold prediction. Can you can you can you predict which team they topple within the division? 
we'll leave that to a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> John, John doesn't want the smoke. He doesn't. He want did smoke. not want to say the name Bill Belichick, Ross. I want to go on record, and he did not want to bet against Bill because you know Bill keeps his tabs on the on the New York Jets. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, look, if if there's anything that New York Jets fans are looking for, it's exactly the same type of kind of level-headed analysis that you just got from John Butchko, which you can get every Monday through Friday over at Locked On Jets. You can also find Locked On Bills, Dolphins, and Patriots every Monday through Friday as well. But we're not quite done here yet with our AFC East preview. We're going to take a look at now the players that make it all happen. It's not just about Bill Belichick. It's not just about you know some of the bigger names. It's also about some of the new faces as well. So we'll take a look at the impact players and the new faces that could potentially make an impact in their first year with each of these teams as we continue on with the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 presented by Odyssey and the Locked Up Podcast Network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Impact players. All right, everybody, continuing on with the ultimate pro football preview 2022 with our friends Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, Mike DeBate of Locked On Patriots, John B from over at Locked On Jets, and of course, Joe Marino, Locked On Bills. John, let's start with you looking at the Jets here. Coming from the Locked On Jets perspective, who are some of the impact players? We mentioned, of course, that the make or break story is Zach Wilson, but who are the guys that are going to help it all happen? I'm focusing on Carl Lawson this year. He mm. was the Jets' big free agent signing a year ago on the defensive side of the ball, tore his Achilles in a preseason joint practice with Green Bay last year. He was a guy the Jets were looking to make it all happen a year ago, and they never, you know, he never got onto the field. And when this player suffers a season-ending injury, the next year, in a way, it's kind of a benefit because it's like adding a, fr- a prominent free agent. It's like adding an impact guy. I think the loss of Lawson last year really impacted the way the Jets did strate- did things strategically. I think Robert Sala had to blitz more on third downs because they did not have that guy who could get to the quarterback. Now, I think they've done a good job adding other players on the defensive line this year. They've added some quality role players, Jacob Martin from Houston. Mm-hmm. They added Jermaine Johnson from Florida State in the draft. Michael Clemens was a fourth-round pick out of Texas A&M who – Looks like he's going to be a player based on the preseason. But Carl Lawson, I think, is the go-to guy on this defensive line. He's the guy they're going to look to get a, get a rush off the edge. The Jets, the Jets also play kind of smaller at linebacker. So their defensive scheme requires the other defensive linemen to essentially hold the point of attack before they get upfield because they're trying to protect the linebackers. They typically have one guy who gets after the pass. The Jets really missed Lawson last year. Mm-hmm. And he's a guy, you know, you look at the, the stats, the sack numbers are not eye-popping but he gets to the quarterback and I think he could produce a career high in sacks this year. I think he's been a little unlucky through his career in Cincinnati. As far as the sack numbers go, I think people are going to be surprised how good he is for this team. 
Uh, look, it's it. You've got the guy that throws the ball, who's the most important player, and then you've got the guy that hits that guy. And he sometimes continue, you know, considering how you feel about offensive linemen, he's either the second or third most important player on the field. Uh, for the Miami Dolphins, of course, there's a lot of new faces around, which we'll get to here in just a little bit. But outside of Tua, who are some of the players, Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, that are going to be the impact guys that have been around for a while and are ready to make it all happen and put it together? Can, can we say everybody on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah. That, that's the, the very interesting divide that exists is the offensive side of the ball has this massive influx in new talent mm. where defensively, the like the biggest name that you lost in free agency this past offseason on the defensive side of the ball was Justin Coleman, and he was your cornerback four or five. And then they cut Adam Butler, defensive tackle, at the start of training camp with an injury waiver. So... Uh, but but I think about Xavier Howard as kind of a straw that stirs the drink with the dynamic plays in the passing game that he seemingly is always capable of coming up with 15 interceptions over the course of the last two seasons. One of the best ball hawking corners in all of football. And it's that presence on the outside and the ability to match up against big body types or small body types that allows the Dolphins to play the brand of football that they really want to play, which is they're going to be very aggressive and they're going to look to pressure the quarterback and they're going to bring extra bodies and they trust their corners outside to be able to play man-to-man coverage and do that. Now you do have to acknowledge Byron Jones, the other veteran corner there, who's a big money player is going to start the year on the PUP. So he's going to miss the first four games of the season, at least uh, due to an off season, lower body surgery and that recovery window. But those two corners of Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, are the identity that allows everybody else on the defensive side of the ball to play the kind of aggressive brand of football that the Dolphins want to play. And the more ball production and hands-on footballs you can get between those two players when Byron's out there and between Xavier Howard, who's one of the best ball hawks in the league, that's really the the, the prominent faces for me that are going to make this Dolphins defense hit the ground running to help them be a more balanced team from the start of the season. You love to see continuity over on the defensive side. There have been some shifts and changes in that conversation across the division with the New England Patriots. Mike DeBate, Locked on Patriots. I'm curious, who are those impact players around Mac Jones that are going to help it all happen in 2022? Ross, I think the biggest impact players reside on the defensive side of the ball Mm -hmm. for the New England Patriots. As many questions as the offense has, and believe me, there are numerous One of the big problems for me with this team is replacing a guy like J.C. Jackson, who was a shutdown cornerback for this team last year. Now, one of the hallmarks of a Bill Belichick team is having that presence at cornerback that can be your alpha guy in that lineup, whether it's Jackson, whether it's Stephon Gilmore, back to the days of Ty Law and Asante Samuel. I mean, the Patriots have always had that element or the successful teams have had that element. This year, you're coming in with Jalen Mills playing on the perimeter and also Jonathan Jones, who's been their slot corner for years on this team. Those guys are going to be the starting perimeter. Can they do the job and can they be up to the task? Right now in preseason and in minicamp, they've looked pretty good. These guys are hanging with their uh, targets. They're using their speed. That may be one of the better ways for the Patriots to try to counteract some of the speedy receivers they're going to see right here in this division, as well as across the conference. But that to me is going to be the biggest impact. If Jalen Mills and Jonathan Jones can work well as a tandem on the perimeter, Patriots defense has a chance to keep them in any game that they play. If they struggle, could be a long year in New England. 
Yeah, it's going to be a very, very interesting storyline to watch. And over in Buffalo, one of the most complete rosters in the NFL, Locked On Bills host Joe Marino. What are some of the impact players you're going to be watching this year? Well, the the guy I want to start with is Gabriel Davis at wide receiver. Everybody mm. knows about Stefan Diggs and the connection with Josh Allen, but Gabriel Davis is stepping into this number two receiver role, which is a big deal for a team like Buffalo who throws the ball all the time. And they've moved on from Emmanuel Sanders. They've moved on from John Brown. And Gabriel Davis has been waiting in the wings now for two seasons and has been kind of that fourth, fifth option which I think has been a great benefit to him to have some of the looks and opportunities that he's had, especially with a quarterback like Josh Allen that's very good off script and extending plays. Having the size and ball skills of a Gabriel Davis down the field has allowed them to be pretty productive considering he was the fourth or fifth option in the passing game. Well, now he's the number two option. And obviously coming out of that playoff game against Kansas City where he set a playoff record with four receiving touchdowns and over 200 receiving yards in that game – there's a lot of excitement for what he can be in this offense, and you love the way that Josh Allen talks about him. You love the way his other teammates, the coaching staff, talks about his work ethic and how he's ready for this opportunity. He's got to go out there and do it, right? And there's probably 100-plus targets coming his way this year, and he caught 35 passes in each of the last two seasons. So you feel good about the trajectory, but you got to go do it. And so his impact is going to be critical for this team on offense – Defensively, I want to mention another third-year player in Dane Jackson, uh, mm. cornerback, the Bills' top cornerback right now. Tredavious White starting the season on the pup list, so he'll miss four games at least. My speculation is that we won't see Trey White until after the bye in Week 8, considering he can't practice until after Week 4, and mm. the Bills have a bye week in Week 7. It just kind of makes sense. The Bills don't rush anyone back. But the bottom line here is your number one corner is Dane Jackson, and Dane – gained some very meaningful experience last year after Trey White got injured in the Saints game, uh, Thanksgiving game. Ross, what was that about? That, that was not great, but uh, Dane Jackson gained some <laughs> gained some uh, some opportunity there starting and playing a lot of meaningful football, a couple of playoff starts. As a rookie, he got a little time on the field as well. So there's a lot on his plate to step in and be this team's number one corner. And obviously, pass defense-wise, the Bills have been phenomenal under Sean McDermott. And you know, Dane Jackson has to step in and, and lock horns with the other team's top receivers on a weekly basis. And you look at that early slate, you got Cooper Cup, you got those dudes in Miami, you've got, you know, every team's got top receivers that you have to you have to play against. Uh, it, Robert Woods, I mean, every single mm-hmm. week there's good players. And so Dane Jackson and his ability to step in and hold things down until Trey White gets back is going to be a big deal uh, for this defense. And, and obviously his impact is going to be big early on for the Buffalo Bills. So from the players that have been in the system for a little while to the players that have just been added to the system now, we'll get to the new faces that have an opportunity to make an impact in 2022. New faces. And for this one, Kyle Krabs locked on Dolphins. I'll start with you because let me check my notes here. There's a long list of new names that can help out specifically over on the offensive side, as you set up earlier. Yeah, so so the influx in talent to match head coach Mike McDaniel's West Coast wide zone style system uh, is pretty extensive, and it starts with Tyreek Hill, one of the best mm-hmm. wide receivers in football. Miami traded a slew of picks to go out and get him and signed him to a contract extension that made him the highest-paid wide receiver in football. They also brought in Teron Armstead, 
uh, at left tackle. And that is a player who you are expecting to see a lot of dividends paid, not just for what he's able to do when he's healthy and on the football field, but also as a mentor for an offensive line that has three projected starters that were drafted within the last three seasons on it. Uh, so there's a lot mm -hmm. of youth and inexperience there that Teron Armstead and his wisdom with a decade in the league has an ability to serve a, a large impression on as well. And then in the backfield, the, the two running backs, Miami's running game has been largely abysmal uh, since 2016 when uh, the team last made the playoffs and then the following season traded running back Jay Ajayi. Uh, since that point in time, they have not had any traction on the ground game. Well, they went out and they got Raheem Mostert and they got Chase Edmonds, two really explosive running backs to go with this wide zone system. And the reviews on both of those players early on have been raving. So you have prominent additions on the offensive line, speed on the outside to pair with wide receiver Jalen Waddell. And then you've got guys in the backfield who have the speed to really make this outside zone system work. And it's just really a question of, okay, new offensive playbook, new offensive system. Mike McDaniel, who's also new, is renowned for his ability to teach and coach and get players to understand the concepts. How quickly mm. does that process happen? Because if they can hit the ground running on that level, and they had over 200 yards rushing in their final preseason game against Philadelphia. So the signs are promising. Miami, you'd like to think, has the opportunity to be that balanced team that we've been talking about throughout the course of the show. John Butchko, we'll go to you. Locked on Jets. New faces that have the opportunity to make a, an immediate impact in, in New York. Well, the Jets have four players they drafted in the top 40 this year, and this is joining three players they drafted in the top 40 a year ago. And this all goes back to why I'm talking about expectations for the Jets not being in the playoffs. A lot of their core players are very young, and they're just looking to get experience this year. To me, though, I think there are two new faces that stand out in the rookie class. On the offensive side of the ball, you have Brees Hall. This was a running back the Jets mm -hmm. traded up for in the second round. And if you follow Joe Douglas, the Jets general manager's tenure, you know that he doesn't put a ton of value on the running back position. And the fact that he traded up and took a running back in the second round shows you how much the Jets value Brees Hall, how good they think he's going to be. Jets installed a new system last year under Mike LaFleur. He came from San Francisco, worked under Kyle Shanahan. At his heart, he wants to run the football first. He wants to protect Zach Wilson. We talked about Zach Wilson's development. I alluded a little bit earlier to the supporting cast the Jets have put around Zach Wilson. They want to put Zach Wilson in as favorable a situation as possible. And that means running the ball effectively on early downs, setting up play action, just trying to make his life easy. Jets have made some good additions on the offensive line. They got Lake and Tomlinson in free agency from San Francisco. But I think Brees Hall is going to be a driving force behind this offense as a rookie. He could be the guy the offense runs through, and he could be Zach Wilson's best friend. And now, I'll mention I'll, real quick over at Bet Online, uh, they've got Brees Hall third best odds plus 900 to be offensive rookie of the year. So just another piece to watch when it comes to him. Go ahead, John. Sorry. Absolutely. And, and you know, normally I preach caution about expecting too much from rookies, but I think running back's a position where you can get good production from a rookie because the way I view it is, look, there are obviously some technical things at running back, but it's not mm -hmm. like receiver where you have to learn how to do various types of releases you have the ball in your hands. You can either yeah. make a play with the ball in your hands or you can't. But, you know, looking at the defensive side of the ball, the guy for me is Sauce Gardner, a corner mm -hmm. the Jets drafted out of Cincinnati. The Jets made a focus of upgrading their cornerback group this offseason. 
Last year's starters, Bryce Hall and Brandon Eccles, are now both backups for the Jets. And I think they both got valuable experience, both young players. I thought Bryce Hall was actually pretty good last year. Brandon Eccles profiles as more of a backup, and now he's got starting experience. But Sauce Gardner profiles as the type of guy who you could just line up against the other team's number one receiver, not have to worry about it. Robert Sala likes to get aggressive on third downs. Last year, that was an issue for the Jets. The Jets had the worst third down de- defense in the league, especially on third and long. So I think having Sauce Gardner, they also had the DJ Reed in free agency from Seattle to pair with Gardner at corner. But Sauce Gardner is a guy who profiles as a potential star at corner. And he had a great preseason. He didn't even get targeted in preseason. He was, I know preseason only matters so much, but he's already <laughs> off to a great start. So I think he's he's going to be a defensive, defense changing player. And, you know, it may, it may not be a playoff team this year for the Jets, but if these young guys develop the way we're expecting, next year we could be having a different discussion. And Sauce Gardner, of course, is going to be tested across the division by those Buffalo Bills wide receivers. But those receivers have been around for a little while. So Joe of Locked On Bills, who are some of the new faces in town that uh, have an ability to make an immediate impact in Buffalo? There's still a part of me that's surprised Von Miller is a Buffalo Bill. I, I, <laughs> I didn't see it coming, guys. I, I really, sure. I really didn't see it coming. I remember when you get the, you know, you got everyone's got Schefter tweet notifications on, and so I get the notification to my phone, and I'm like, wait, wait, what? And so, uh, yeah, that's that's the answer. It's Von Miller. Mm. And when you think about this Bills defense, statistically phenomenal over the last several seasons, and very good, like top tier, number one last year in pressure rate. Well, they don't convert enough pressure to sacks. And Mm. you go back to that, everything with the Bills goes back to the Kansas City playoff game, right? We've been doing this now for two years. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We consider the Chiefs now a division rival, me and and Ryan Tracy over there with Locked On Chiefs. We we wind up doing some crossovers, even when the Bills and Chiefs aren't playing because it's such a prominent matchup. But they got a lot of pressure on Patrick Mahomes. They just didn't sack him enough. And so you like to believe that Von Miller's your guy. That's your closer. Your, your finisher, your your player that on those long and late downs gets the quarterback on the ground and creates more of those game-changing sacks and hurries and you know maybe more turnovers. And so Von Miller is that guy for the defense that is expected to be that finisher for this football team that's kind of been missing over the last couple of years. Again, a lot of pressure, not enough sacks. Uh, on offense, I want to mention Roger Saffold uh, coming over from the Tennessee Titans, was a Pro Bowl guard for the Titans. Mm-hmm. And For as good of a job as Brandon Bean has done assembling this roster over the years, I think guard has kind of been um, a problematic position for him, whether it's been maybe moving on from a Wyatt Teller when you probably shouldn't have done that, or when you consider uh, some of the players he's extended, whether it's Quentin Spain or John Feliciano, guys that really haven't came to fruition in terms of being an impact player for for the team based on their, their, their salaries. They went out and got a guy here in Roger Saffold that's an experienced player that has experience with Aaron Cromer, the offensive line coach, and can provide some stability next to Mitch Morse for this offensive line. And so I think between him and Ryan Bates, who they were able to bring back in free agency, the Bills finally got the guard position figured out, and I think that's going to matter a lot for Josh Allen and his ability to run this offense, having an impact guard like Roger Saffold in place. Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, always interesting when it comes to the NFL draft. I have the feeling that Roger, Roger Saffold won't be the only offensive lineman that we hear about. But hey, Mike DeBate, Lockdown Patriots, take us home. A couple of players, new faces that are looking to uh, make an impact in Foxborough. 
Yeah, I mean, no question about it, Ross. On the offensive side of the ball, you've got rookie Cole Strange. Can he step in and play the left guard position alongside Trent Brown and anchor that part of the Patriots' offensive line? It's going to be a tall task, but the one good thing about incorporating a zone run type offense is it requires lateral athletic movement from your offensive linemen, and that's something that Cole Strange can do. There's going to be some growing pains. There's going to be some elements of rookie play, but ultimately, I think the Patriots got the guy they wanted, maybe not the guy everybody thought they were going to pick, but I think the guy they wanted in this offensive line. So that's going to be one to watch. Obviously, Devontae Parker, someone Kyle knows very well. He's going to be that weapon that essentially I think Mac Jones has been looking for, the contested catch guy that's going to make the catch at the point and then be able to go and get yards after the catch. This is a um, an offense or a scheme that Mac ran very well in Alabama. I think Devontae can be a good complementary piece there. On the defensive side of the ball, I think it's going to be a rookie. I think you're going to see Ma uh, Marcus Jones, uh, the rookie corner out of University of Houston. He's mm -hmm. got the speed to be their potential return guy. I think that's going to be something to look at. And he's also going to play a major role at slot cornerback now that Jonathan Jones has moved up to the perimeter. He and Miles Bryan are going to uh, go ahead and kind of flank that out a little bit. Two guys to keep watch on that you're not going to see early on for the Patriots that are new faces. Ty Montgomery, someone, Ross, you know very hey. well, John, you too. Ty play, played very well in minicamp this year, really established himself as a return threat and a third down back. Hopefully he'll be back from his injury sooner than later. Patriots really are going to need him. And lastly, Tyquan Thornton. Two weeks ago, I would have said he would have been your key new face to watch on the offense. Blazing speed, ability to go up, get the catch, and actually a very, very good route runner for a rookie. He's going to be out for quite a while, but when he does come back into the lineup, gives the Patriots that new dimension on offense they've been needing. I love that Ty Montgomery has caught on in New England. I was hoping little Jordan Humphrey would too, but hey, you know what? Yeah. I, I got I got half of it. All right, I got 50%. That's not <laughs> bad. That's not bad. That's Hall of Fame batting average right there. Guys, I think this has been a ton of fun and, of course, a lot of information for those that are interested in the AFC East. Don't forget that you can always follow along with Locked on Bills, Locked on Patriots, Locked on Dolphins, and Locked on Jets every single Monday through Friday, wherever you get your podcast kyle krabs mike debate john butchko joe marino thank you so much for being here with us and joe you mentioned a little something about tradavius white and what that impact is going to be in terms of the 2022 season for the bills lee sterling is here next from locked on bets to help us set the edge and he's going to tell you how that tradavius white absence impacts vegas and the way that they're looking at those buffalo bills as well we got that coming up for you next as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of the ultimate pro football preview 2022 presented by odyssey and the locked on podcast network setting the edge with lee sterling of locked on bet all right, y'all, we are setting the edge here with Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets, co-host of the Locked On Bets podcast, along with your boy Q every Monday through Friday, bringing you everything that you need to walk away and make some extra cash over the course of the NFL season, the MLB, NBA. They even, they even do UFC, combat sports, a whole bunch going on over at Locked On Bets. You can get more every day as well at Paramount Sports on Twitter. Lee, we're jumping over to the AFC East. Um, and... Uh, look, the, the Buffalo Bills are the favorites here, minus 235. The Miami Dolphins at plus 425. New England Patriots are at plus 500. And the New York Jets at a long shot, plus 2,000 to win the division. Now, I know you're from Miami, okay? I know. I understand. <laughs> so I wonder, 
I wonder at plus 425, you feeling really good about taking the Dolphins over the Bills? We're going to get a little bit of homer pick from you here. No. <laughs> um, I think they're going to be improved and I think they're going to be fun. You know what What I, I tell people? It's not just that you're not winning a division. It's not being a fun team to watch. They've been a boring mm. team for like 15, 20 years. I mean, you can't name a quarterback that you've enjoyed watching since Dan Marino. <laughs> not one. So I don't, I don't know if Tua has to be great, but I mean, he had nothing to work with last year. I mean, mm-hmm. he had one receiver, Jalen Waddle, and Gasecki was a decent tight end. Interesting stat. His receivers, all his receivers, like, you know, uh, Devontae Parker and mm-hmm. a bunch of different other hosts of other guys in the other position combined had the least amount of separation Ugh. of any receiving group. And being a former quarterback, I know if your receivers can't get more than like half a yard away, you got to be picture perfect. Yep. And with that line, which might have been the worst in the NFL, and running backs, which if they weren't worse, were in the bottom two or three. I mean, you can't ask. I mean, I'm not saying that that two is going to be great, but with a better offensive line, two free agents that they got who are top half at their position, with a couple running backs who I think fit the system really well, mm-hmm. um, adding Thrill Hill. Uh, I think Miami's going to be a fun, at least a fun team to watch. And I think we're going to look back. You know, I never thought they should have drafted two. I didn't think he was the guy. You know, watching all these film on guys, I felt that, you know, that he was not, especially coming off the injury, uh, the guy to draft. But I think they're going to be fun. And I think they're going to go over the win total. I think they're mm-hmm. going to win 10, maybe 11 games. Is so it going to be enough? Team? Probably not. Um, <laughs> Buffalo is that good. Yeah. Now, the injury that, that killed this team last year was Tredarius Tr- Tr- uh, White, the cornerback. Yeah. When he went yeah. out and tore his ACL, that was their number one cornerback. So they had to move the number two guy into the one spot, the three guy to two, and four guy that really usually wasn't playing in the number three slot. Mm. And when it came down to it, they just couldn't cover in big games. Against that in the Kansas City game. So um quarterback's amazing. I loved him coming yeah. out. I thought he was going to improve Josh Allen. They've got they're going to interchange three, four backs, which mm-hmm. I think is going to be fine. They've got receivers galore. Uh Knox is good enough at tight end. Yep. They've got pass rushers now and Von Miller and Greg Rousseau coming on. Um, they are a really good team. They're they're the favorite for the division, favorite for the conference favorite for the Super Bowl. Yeah. And unless something happens with an injury, probably uh, to Josh Allen or another key player. Um, I know why. <laughs> They're yeah. That good. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They are favored all the way through. Absolutely. No doubt about that. And I'm also looking at, uh, yeah, Josh Allen is also plus 550 favored for MVP as well. So uh, the odds makers are all about the Buffalo Bills going into 2022 no doubt no doubt about that you're not seeing anything from the patriots or the jets that makes you feel a little uh risky there <laughs> i think the patriots are a fringe playoff team they're one of those mm-hmm. teams somewhere between probably nine and 13 as far as uh you know talent they just can't find a big play wide receiver they you know they, yeah. they keep trying to draft and trade and develop since edelman i mean name another receiver the last eight ten years just haven't had it yeah. and it's all about scoring. You know, 
defense does win championships, but you got to score points. And just weren't able to score enough points in games and, and make things happen. Their receivers get absolutely no separation. A uh, couple good tight ends. You know, I like their mm-hmm. tight ends. Like their coaching staff, obviously, they're figuring it out. Um, defense, you got if, if you got to go there or they play in cold weather, they're a tough out um, because they control the line of scrimmage. Very underrated offensive yeah. and defensive line. But, you know, they're sitting at eight and a half, the total I'm seeing most places. I think they're an eight, maybe nine win team. I'm staying away from them. Mm. I think they're going to fall right on that number. Yeah, let's get to a couple of other uh, win totals. You've got uh, a big one here for the Buffalo Bills over under 11 and a half. But like you said, this team is very good. Is this team that good? They're so good. They're favorite against the Super Bowl champions week one. And that was even, it started at one. It's now at like two and a half. Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't bet it right now at two and a half. I'd wait till it probably comes down. Mm -hmm. Matthew Stafford has been throwing. They're just monitoring. They want to make sure he's perfect for the season. So you'll probably get, it'll probably go back to one, one and a half. But, um, I like them. I like the over. I think they're a 12, 13 win team. Love that. Let's say in state, uh, in New York. Well, New York ish, right? They yeah. play in New Jersey. There's only one right. New York team. It's the Buffalo Bills. But the uh, New York Jets over under five and a half. Do you feel like, I, I don't know, you have the injury to Zach Wilson that took place during the preseason. A lot of question marks, of course, there. Coaching staff still trying to figure it out. How are you feeling about that team maybe going over or under five and a half? Okay, so I think they're going to win six games if they can get Zach Wilson back by week two. Right. Um, Great draft. I mean, they put together – they got a stud wide receiver. They got Sauce. He's going to start a cornerback. They announced that. Um, I got a pass rusher, Johnson. I mean, Mm -hmm. they had so many injuries. They lost their best two players on defense before the first game last year. So um, even the complementary guys on this team are really good and – I think they're finally going to have a running game. I think they'll move in two guys, and then Carter will start, and then um, they'll make way uh, and and let the rookie come in, and I think he's going to be the guy. But I just think that the Jets, if they can find the quarterback, Joe Flacco is shot. Joe mm-hmm. Flacco is punch drunk, um, a little slow. I mean, if you watch the exhibition season, uh, that last exhibition game, yeah. didn't see the linebacker there, and that's, that's Joe Flacco now. He's, you know, split-second – you know, take takes them a little longer to throw the football and making mm-hmm. as far as decision making, um, very little escapability if the yes yeah. scramble. But um, this is an improved team, an improved lineup here. I think they can win six games. I love it. I, I think that that's a great spot for them to be. I mean, that just shows your improvement year over year, right? And once you're building, right. so when you have a young quarterback, that's what you're looking for. But Look like monitor, but monitor Zach Wilson. Yes. If he's not coming back to week three or four, I'd stay away. If he's going to start week one or week two, I think they can, you know, they can, they can play spoiler. They can beat the dolphins once they can beat mm. new England once mm, not beat Buffalo. <laughs> They're not beating Buffalo. Though. No, no. <laughs> We're not, not, taking that. not on their best day. Buffalo, Buffalo could turn the ball over first three times and still beat the jets in a game. <laughs> <laughs> on purpose, on purpose right, here, right. take it, take a shot. Uh, you took uh, the over on Miami who said at eight and a half, you're saying they might be a nine, 10 win yeah. team. Uh, Mike McDaniel, of course, being there, you know, creating some excitement around that team. So you're buying in a little bit, maybe not necessarily in terms of the division because of who they're with, but win total, you'll take that. Oh, I think I think Miami's going to, and they, we already knew they had a really good defense. So, you know, right. they've got Howard at cornerback. He might be the number second or third best cornerback in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Byron Jones, if they get him back, he's slated to come back week one. 
Um, they're going to be good. They've got some edge rushers there. So um, this is a team that's certainly on the rise. You know, the problem is they're playing in a division with maybe the best team in football and another right. one. And New England knows how to win. You know, yep. you're not going to you're not going to beat New England twice. I mean, they're probably going to split. And and that might be the difference. Miami might be one of those teams that comes down to the final Sunday where they've got to win to get in. And, you know, if they didn't get off to that disastrous start last year, yeah. they're a playoff team. Yeah, that's kind of been the story for them the past couple of years, too. They've been a 9-10 win team, but then hoping to get in at the end of the season uh, when it comes to the playoffs. Uh, remind us, for the New England Patriots, 8.5, you took over or under there. Just, just staying away. Staying away from it. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like not dealing with <laughs> They'll that. They'll probably one. go to the last <laughs> week and and a game might come right down to the wire, uh, win or lose. So, yeah. you know, just think there's better spots. Cool. And then over in the AFC, in terms of the uh, AFC Championship, Buffalo Bills, of course, favorite there, plus 350. Uh, behind them, it's going to take you a little while before you get to Miami Dolphins at plus 2000. Um, how do you like the Bills' chances as they are favored there for the AFC Championship? I like it. I like I said, you got to keep knocking on that door to finally break it down. And yeah. I think that they did it. They learned a lot. Um, you know, they were that close last year and uh, with getting white back at cornerback and adding, you know, a couple different pieces at running back and, and having that experience, you know, uh, and, and they'll put that, that the whole, the whole, the whole problem with the punter behind them also. So <laughs> yeah, uh, get rid of that. I, yeah, I, I knew something was there. going on. I told my friend, I was a kid that 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 Teresa should have been drafted in the third round. Trust me, there's a lot of teams that knew something was going on mm -hmm. for him to last to the sixth round. Yeah, for sure, so, for sure. He was the you know he was the a generational punter, and all of a sudden he went punt, toppling he down the, the boards. Guy. There's the yeah, guy. right. There's a reason yeah. for that. There's always right. a reason for that. Um, and then now uh, following up there, the Buffalo Bills, yeah. as we mentioned, also favored for uh, as Super Bowl champions plus 600 right behind them, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at plus 900 and the Kansas city chiefs who we'll talk about in Monday's episode uh, at plus 1000. How do you like the bills stacking up there in the top three? Oh, I think that they're, they're just better than every other team. I think it's the mm. bills and everyone else. So um, hate to say it. I mean, I don't dislike them as much as the new England Patriots. It's really tough to hate on Josh Allen. I mean, yeah. Um, so if they want it, you know, and the Dolphins make the playoff, I'm happy. Um, I think it's Buffalo's turn. I think they win the Super Bowl. But you need Miami in the playoffs. Yeah, I need them <laughs> in the playoffs. And not have to face Buffalo first round. At least want to have a chance to win a playoff game. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to take the weekend off here, but on Monday, we're jumping over to the AFC West, always one of the NFL's toughest divisions, and it just got tougher. The Denver Broncos add quarterback Russell Wilson from the Seattle Seahawks. Devontae Adams reunites with former teammate Derek Carr with the Las Vegas Raiders. And, of course, the Chargers are massively improved over in Los Angeles. And you can never count out Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and the Kansas City Chiefs. So we'll get to those four teams and all of the biggest questions around them on Monday. Until then... I'm Ross Jackson, your host, and I want to say thank you to our good friends over at Odyssey and to you 
for watching. Make sure that you find the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to check out the video version as well over on the Locked on NFL YouTube page so that you don't miss an episode. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.